What's up, everybody? Welcome to a cleats-only special of Cleats and Boots, born in the USA. I'm Ben, and this is Luis. What's up, my guys? This is Cleats and Boots. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm okay. You know that SpongeBob meme when he's like leaning against the wall and he just takes like a big breath? He's just like, that's how I feel today after those two o'clock games. Yikes. Yeah, that was fast and furious, especially for those second halves. It was back and forth. And I think the whoever was going through changed three or four times. It's crazy. Yeah, it was uh, it was an exciting goal fest. And I definitely have some things to say if we get to that part later. But we're going to get. But uh, but yeah, it was whew, sweats, man. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, if we get some more time, maybe we'll debrief on what happened uh, the past couple of days. But um, like I said, today's a special episode uh, with the United States men making it through to the round of 16 and playing on Saturday against the Netherlands. We wanted to take a little bit of time and kind of break down the group stage for the U.S., how they made it here, and then uh, kind of preview the game for Saturday. You ready? Oh, dude, born ready. Born All right. Love it. So let's start by recapping um, the game that got him here. The Iran game, one nothing. Um, some some late chances for Iran there in the second half, um, really towards the kind of the last ten minutes. But the U.S. hung hung tight and made it through. So what was uh, kind of your immediate takeaways from that game against Iran? Uh, my immediate takeaway was, I don't know. I'm gonna have to throw the SpongeBob meme on this one too. Uh, the first, I believe about the first 80% of the game, I was pretty good. And then the subs started coming in. And that's when I started to like, uh, and then when that final whistle blew, I finally had the exhale. Yeah. Same. I was, I saw a stat, the difference between, um, the United States first 60 minutes of each of the group stage games versus the last 30, just an expected goals. What they've done offensively, defensively is it's night and day. It's crazy. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like, um, I mean, not, I'm not taking anything away. I mean, it was a great game, great win, but that, that, the ending kind of put me a little bit nervous there, man. I was kind of curious and, and trying to figure out why is he doing these subs? He doesn't really have to, he's playing a pretty good game right now, but just questionable, you know, tactic decision he made there, but Hey, he got the victory and they moved on. Yeah. So let's start with the the starting lineup for that Iran game. What, what did you make of the change in the back and then the decision to go with uh, Josh Sargent up front as the number nine? Mm-hmm. So my first reaction was, what happened to Walker Zimmerman? Is it injury related? I, 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 I was curious because he's been playing pretty good on that back line and having him along with um, Tim Ream back there, was, it was a good... Tim Reback there is it was a good pair. They were playing pretty well off of each other. So my first react my first initial thought was it has to be an injury if he is being benched for this game. You know, why is he playing Carter's Vickers? Um, but it paid off. Carter Vickers had a great game. And um, you know, and and and, and so I mean you can almost could have argued a back three if you really wanted to, but you don't want to do that with such a good lineup that you have here. But that was one of the biggest things that I was uh that caught my eye is why is Walker Zimmerman benched right now? 
Yeah, I had the same thought you did with the Carter Vickers decision. Um, I immediately thought something happened to Walker Zimmerman that he was hurt. Um, I, I still feel like it was overthinking to put Carter Vickers back there after two great games with, with Reem and, and Zimmerman. But the end result, Carter Vickers did have a great game. He looked comfortable. He looked good back there, made some good back, good plays, good distribution. So in the end, didn't hurt him, but um, it was a decision that I, I still kind of shake my head at. Um, and then up front, I was honestly surprised he didn't go with uh, Jesus Ferreira just to change and see if something different worked. In the end, I thought Josh Sargent put in a good shift, um, did some good things, um, but ultimately we've got to find somebody who can play that number nine role and, and put some balls in the back of the net. Yeah, I agree. I mean, in my in my in my two cents here, I feel like Josh Sargent is kind of switched switched in there um, at that nine position, you know, with Haji Wright as well. But you know, my my biggest thing is why no Reina. I'm still kind of wondering what's going on with the, are we putting too much, are we putting too much talk into this? Um, is there something we're not seeing? Is there something that, you know, obviously he's the manager and he sees everything, but you know, why not Reina? Why not give it a shot? Especially with, you know, Pulisic getting hurt. I think the Aaron's and sub was fine. That's, that's, I think that's your go-to on that one. But, um, but still you could have, you could have given a shot to Reina, made a couple of moves in there and put somebody else up at nine, give Reina a shot. But yeah. yeah, they put Kellen Acosta in, and they put Shaq Moore in, and then I think Clint Dempsey had a pretty good take on this. I think he said Shaq Moore had more loss of possessions than he had passes since he uh, got subbed. And I'm just like, ooh, Clint, jab, jab, man. Yeah, Burhalter's subs I think is the biggest thing that I'm gonna have to ding him on. I can't, I I can't understand his his adjustments in the second half, the subs he's making. I. I can I can see why Reyna hasn't played as big of a role as he as he has. If you look at the three games in the group stages, the two games where we were up one nothing, Burhalter got to a point where he started protecting the lead, and Reyna's not you're not putting Reyna in there to protect the lead. Uh, the one game that was nothing nothing that we needed a little bit of a spark, he put Reyna in. Uh, he just did it way too late in my opinion. Uh, but that that's for me is that's kind of an overarching theme. Um, just that too little too late as far as the adjustments and the changes. I'd love to see Aronson in earlier. Uh, Weston McKinney's putting putting in great 55 to 60-minute shifts, but he's not healthy to go 90 minutes yet. I'd love to see Aronson come in for for McKinney in, that, in the center mid role a little bit earlier, closer to that 60-minute mark. Um, I think if it's another tight game, if it's a nothing-nothing or a 1-1 game, I think we're going to see Reyna again. I would just love to see him with – 25 20 minutes to actually make a difference rather than putting him in on the 80th minute like he did against England. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's 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 tough because we kind of get into this debate also, you know, who do we keep out? I mean, is there anybody from the starting 11 that you're kind of just like, you know what, I don't trust them right now. If I'm in Burhalter's shoes, I I don't know if I start them. Based on those first, on those three games. I mean, do you see anybody in that lineup that you would just say, "Hey, let's take you out?" put somebody in to give us, you know, a better shot here. No, the only position for me is number nine. Um, I want to see Jesus mm-hmm. Ferreira get a shot up there. Um, we've seen Sargent. We've seen Wright. Neither one of them's been outstanding or, or blown us away. Sargent, for my money, is the better of the two. Um, but I want to see, I want to give Ferreira a shot. I, I'm disappointed that he didn't get a shot in the group stages. Um, I want to give Ferreira a shot here with uh, against the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I think, I think, I think your boy, man, just manhandle that midfield again. Tyler Adams is just playing lights out ball as well. That entire he is so good. Yeah, that entire center mid um, trio um, at MMA that it's it's been the difference maker across the board for the United States. They've got one of the best center mid groupings, um, I think, that's played in the entire World Cup so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them this Saturday. See how they play. I I wouldn't I wouldn't touch that midfield again. Uh, McKinney can give you probably another good solid sixty minutes, but it also depends on what the score is at the time. You know, if US is down, you know, one nothing, I see McKinney probably in there longer. Maybe he'll even take. Uh, he'll probably take. But then I don't know. I I would take probably McKinney out and put um, put Harrison in like you were saying about, and then you would move Gio Rain up in there. Especially give another spark if you're down that down one zippy uh in late in the second half. Cause you know, you, this is it. This is not this is either you win or go home from now on in the World Cup. So it's gonna be some very challenging uh decisions that Burhalter's gonna have to make in this in this game. Uh, because this is where this is where your subs really, I guess, count because it's do or die. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So who who are you starting on uh on Saturday? If you're Burhalter, who did, what does your starting eleven look like? So my starting 11 is going to be uh, Turner in the net. I'm going to put Destin Robinson on the outside. I think they're playing great ball. Uh, I was actually just looking at a stat. Um, oh, no, so that's for my midfield. Never mind. I'm saving that for the midfield. <laughs> uh, I'm going to probably put Zimmerman Ream back in that position um, as the uh, the two center backs. Keep Tyler Adams in that six role. Uh, I would I would start McKinney and put uh, Musa um, in front of him. As for your front three, if Polisic is not healthy, I'm putting Aronson in. Aronson's going to start. As for your nine, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Sergeant if he's healthy. Because I don't know if you noticed when he um, was making a run in that second half, and there was a slide tackle, and he jumped up, and the way he landed on that leg did not look good. Now, thankfully, he was able to get up and walk off the field. But my first reaction was like. There's a ligament gone. Mm-hmm. The way that like leg bent, the way it went backwards, something's done. But you know, luckily he was able to walk off his own power. Nothing has come out from the U.S. camp about any injuries other than politics. So I would I would play Josh Sargent, see how he is in practice. You know, the these next two days in recovery. If he's not 100, percent then I think you're going to have to start Haji right, and then probably use Jesus Ferreira as your sub. I don't think I would put Jesus Ferreira in yet. Uh, I would probably still give Haji Wright another shot. And on the other side, I would I would keep uh, Tim Way. So so one more time: Turner, Dest, Carter, uh, Zimmerman, <laughs> Reem, Robinson, the back four. Keep Adams, Musa, and McKinney in the midfield. And then if Polisic is injured, I'd have Aronson and then Sargent up top, and then Way on the other side. Yeah, I, the only change I'm going to make. For my starting eleven is I want I still want I want to see Ferreira um, as starting that number nine mm-hmm. against the Netherlands. I think he his movement and his ability to drag out and kind of play a false uh, a false nine is going to give Van Dyke and the other center backs from the Netherlands a harder a harder time um, than a typical nine like Sargent or Wright would play. Um, mm-hmm. So I think for my money, I think that's that's what I would do. Um, it's fascinating to see the, um, see where Pulisic's going to be 
if he's fully healthy, you start him. If he's not, I think you start Aronson and you bring Pulisic in. Um, but I do. I want to see Aronson in there um, in that center mid role for for McKinney closer to that sixty minute mark rather than um, seventy seventy five. Um, so, what do you think? What must the U.S. do to come out with a victory on Saturday morning? What's the, what's the X factor? So, looking at the Netherlands, they they are a really good defensive team, and they 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 also got a pretty good midfielder midfield combination. Um, so. I mean, let's let's just talk about the 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 man himself, Virgil Van Dyke here, Liverpool legend over here. Um, he's playing he's playing great defense in the Premier League right now. He's playing great first country, representing them. You got to find a way to beat uh, Virgil Van Dyke. You cannot be intimidated by Van Dyke. Now, Netherlands like to play a back three. Sometimes they'll play a back five, and you have Daily uh, Daily Blind and Cody Gakpo kind of playing together on that <clears throat> on that left side. Um, I think that if you can if you can limit Cody Gakpo's uh, shots from the outside and make him make him try to beat you into the box uh it could give her a better shot because that guy's got a nasty uh, right foot man uh the goal against the dutch was unreal um uh, and that guy and the window was just too small so you got to put pressure on gakpo uh at the top as far as their strikers i'm not really too concerned with their strikers just because they haven't I haven't seen much production from them uh i mean we, we talked about how gakpo scored i think he scored in every game right in the group stage yep. Every game. Yeah, so he's our top goal scorer right now. So you can isolate Gakpo, um, you know, give it a good shot. I'm not too worried about Memphis Depay. Uh, he's only he's coming in as a sub player right now, so he's not going to give you a full 90 minutes. So I wouldn't be too concerned. I think Zimmerman, I think Zimmerman or Reem, whichever side Depay likes to play on, um, I think they'll be able to ha- handle him just fine. Uh, set pieces, you got to execute those set pieces uh, if you're the U.S. That's going to be your best shot at getting some goals at the net, uh, balls in the net there. Open play goals are going to be very hard, especially when we don't really have a solid number nine against probably one of the best defensive be, defensive backs here, <laughs> against one of the best center backs in the world in Virgil Van Dyke. So you got to execute those set pieces. Um, yeah, that's 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 my go to. So if I'm if I'm, if I'm Greg Bullhalter, Burhalter, I'm saying execute the set pieces. Make sure corner kicks are effective and accurate as best as possible. If we get a foul outside the box, we got to put in the net. Got to go in the net. So that'd be a, that'd be, and then lock down Gakpo. That's that's their star player right now, and he's gonna he can put some hurt on that team if they if they let him they let him take shots. You can't sit. I don't think you can sit back on the squad. You shouldn't play. You shouldn't play defensively against the Dutch. I think um, you you stick you take the game towards them. You know. Yeah, I think the U.S. comes out like they did against England. Um, for me, it's the matchup. If you we talked about that England game, and Eunice Musa essentially just stuck to Jude Bellingham, and Bellingham got mm-hmm. after the first ten minutes. I think he had like he had less than ten touches on the ball. I think I, uh, I read somewhere. So if you do the same thing, um, and Eunice Musa sticks on Frankie De Jong, and limits his ability to create out of the back. Uh, I think that's really going to lock down what the Netherlands can do as far as their attack goes in the transition game. Um, but I, I, I'm with you. I think this could be a nothing-nothing game. It could go to stoppage time, could go to penalties. Um, there's nothing about the the Netherlands' attack that really scares me other than Gakpo getting um, getting a little bit of open air and um, getting a shot off. But I think Tyler Adams will be able to help uh, limit limit his ability to cut in the middle and get those shots. So... The, the midfield battle, um, can U.S. win the midfield battle once again? Um, can Yunus Musa lock down De Jong um, 
And then, yeah, I think that the set, the set piece game is if there's going to be a goal in, uh, in regular time, I think the set piece is where it's going to come from. Um, but if the mm-hmm. U S wants to win, they've got to capitalize when they create a few chances, they've got to find one to put the back of the net. Um, cause otherwise I could see it going all, all the way to penalties. Yeah. And that, that, that actually scares me. It scares me that it goes to penalties because we've seen how the substitutes, um, have worked with Burhalter and how they kind of have given us a little bit of a scare, especially Iran, especially when he went to a back five. You know, mm-hmm. he re- I don't think he really needed to go to a back five in that game. I think they were playing great. Now I get I get that um Sargent was hurt, so that I, I I understand that sub. You take Sargent out. <clears throat> you know, Polisic obviously was hurt, so you make that sub. But <clears throat> he went uh so he put in Walker Zimmer, uh sorry, Kellen Acosta in for Adams. That's a center defensive mid swap. So that would make sense. But you know, you bring in Shaq Moore. Um, oh no, sorry, M- McKinney was taken out for Acosta. For Acosta. Mm-hmm. And then um, who was the other one that went out? It was he took out another midfielder and he put in um, put in Walker Zimmerman because we went to a back five. I think he switched way so, out, way out for Walker Zimmerman. He did a forward for that's right, that's right. He took one of the forwards out for Walker Zimmerman, and then Des went out for um, <laughs> for uh, for Clint Dempsey's boy uh, Shaq Moore. Yeah. So I think he, the sub, this, his sub scares me, man. Cause I feel like if he's up one, nothing and there's 10, 15 minutes left in the game, he's going to go defensively and that's going to hurt them. Cause you're kind of just telling them, Hey, keep pushing. And I, and, and I'm not trying to say that, you know, the U S doesn't have the ability to do it. They can, they did it against Iran, but Netherlands isn't like Iran. I mean, they, they got some serious firepower as well. I mean, Frankie de Jong can easily, I mean, you get a foul in there. Frankie de Jong can put one in the net from a set piece. You know, you, Gakpo, we've seen what Gakpo's done in the group stage already, so he can get one in there as well. So I think if you play too defensively too early, that could come back to hurt you. Yeah, you've got to be ready to go go, go locked in for 90 minutes, maybe 120 minutes Saturday morning. Um, I the, the biggest thing that I think could be an X factor for the United States as well, just mentally, is they've done two major things this year. They they got the monkey off their back as far as missing out on world cup qualifications. So they got in. And then as the second youngest team at the tournament, they got out of the group stage in what was widely considered the toughest group in the group stage. Uh, we were the only group with all four teams ranked in the top 20 of the FIFA world ranking. So you got in, mm-hmm. you got through and now if at any point you're playing with house money, you're going up against the Netherlands squad. That's a top 10 team. One of the favorites, you've got nothing to lose. You've done everything that anybody's expected you to do. So maybe this is where we really see them play loose. They, they're not worried. You, you see them convert a couple, couple good chances um, in the first 45, 60 minutes. Um, and then maybe, maybe they surprise us, but yeah, my final score position prediction. I think this goes to the wire. I think it goes nothing, nothing. Um, and I think the U S wins in a penalty shootout. Mm. I'm going to say we go into extra time. Stoppage time. Sorry. We're going to go into uh, extra time, but the U S pulls it off one zippy before penalties. Okay. I got, I believe in that. I got FanDuel on it. Nice. (laughs) I like it. I got my no sweat bet on America, baby. Red, white, and blue. I like it. Cool. Red, white, and blue. So I'm predicting a U.S. dub. No penalties because that might just put me in a cardiac arrest. 
You hear that? <laughs> hear that, fans? Cool. So we got a few more minutes you want to talk about today's games? Oh, my God. I'm so glad you asked. Dude, what happened to Germany? I... I'm 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 going to make this conclusion here. I feel like we as a society have just overhyped these European clubs so much. Because as I I remember us talking about this the the group stage when we first, you know, went over this and everything. And I remember we're like, "Oh, so we already know who's going to advance in this group, Spain and Germany." Spain Spain didn't even win the group. Japan won the group. Right. And mm-hmm. so we saw the first game between Spain and Costa Rica and Spain literally put seven goals on them. And then all of a sudden, you know, we expected a good game against Germany. So the, the tie wasn't as a surprise, in my opinion. I thought it was going to be more goals. But man, Japan is legit. They're playing good ball. Yeah, that whole but, that whole that whole tie against Japan that the U.S. had in friendlies before the World Cup started. That's looking mm-hmm. better and better every day. And. It is because no, no, they didn't tie. They lost to Japan. Japan beat them two nothing. They scored two in was the a, the last. Uh, they tied they, Saudi Arabia. It was a J, yeah. They right? tied. They tied. They tied. Uh, yeah, they tied them. But great cr- credit to Japan. But I'm telling you this right now, that ball was out. No, it wasn't. That ball was out. That ball was out. FIFA rules clearly state the entire ball has to cross that line. That ball was out. And you're telling me VAR cannot prove that. <laughs> the ball was out. Okay. Last year, when I was coaching, the ball was halfway out. It was supposed to be in play, and I got it called out. I can't win here. I couldn't even get a VAR because we don't have that technology at the high school level. Nope. But hey, that ball was out. <laughs> Credit Japan. Because even with that, even with the tie, even with the tie, Japan would have moved on. No, they wouldn't. I have. believe, right? Oh no, they would. They needed that win, didn't they? they okay, the win. Because with Germ- okay, with Germany's four-two win, they would have gone through on goal differentials. So that's if if Japan had given up a goal at the late stages to tie that game, they would have gone from being first in the in the um, group to not making it through. Mm, okay, the ball was out. Credit to Japan. Congrats to Japan. I'm so happy for you guys. I'm gonna be you know cheering you on and whoever it depends on who you guys play again because I got I got a bracket here and I got to you know brackets change. But congrats to you! Congrats to the to Japan. Played great, phenomenally. I still feel that ball was out. I rest my case. <laughs> okay, I'd, I'd love to see some evidence that showed the ball was actually out because I haven't seen that evidence yet. But I might have to tweet this on Cleats Boots, man. <laughs> but there there was one point in that game, this, uh, this afternoon games, where both Costa Rica and Japan were going to make it through. That that would have been wild. Yes, that that was insane i still can't believe costa rica put up a good fight against germany they did. it was a good game and like and remember i told you like i know i know we talked about how like when we talked we made these predictions you know we're like oh costa rica could be like the weakest Concacaf team canada was the first one out you know but Costa Rica put up a fight man i i granted the spain i guess the spain game they just weren't ready for it or or you just how do you how do you stop uh, Iniesta and <laughs> Iniesta and um, Xavi Hernandez part two part two, 2. Yeah. How do you how, how do you stop how do you stop that? So but those also, guys there's are also like, a mentality. I mean, soccer is a funny game 
It's it is you get into a game like that and somebody puts a couple quick goals on you and mentally you get in, in your head and you go, OK, we're, this, this is not a game we're supposed to win. You lose mm-hmm. focus and all of a sudden a, a team like Spain turns it around and um, mm-hmm. you're, you're down five, six, seven, seven, nothing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that that one was why that was one of the, the bigger swings because you mm-hmm. also saw the England torched Iran six to two and that wasn't an accurate representation of what Iran um, what well, Iran's capable. No, of. it was, it wasn't because they because Iran came back and beat uh, Wales two nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is why I love the World Cup. The teams that you think are going to uh, do well, <coughs> Belgium, <coughs> tend not to do great. You know, so yeah, you're the number two country in the world, and now you just been axed out of the World Cup. Yeah, sorry, Belgium. Yeah, although. Although, did you see Lukaku finally uh, hit the, hit a target? He did. What did he, he did? Hit? Yeah, he punched the he punched the the bleacher. He broke it, so he hit the target. No, only he target. He, yeah. Good for him. <laughs> Swung and hit. Good Perfect aim, man. Broke the glass. So, so which <sighs> man, which of the fall. which of the big names that that bombed out is the most surprising and the least surprising? So you got Belgium. Um, Denmark, mm-hmm. Germany, and Mexico, mm-hmm. four teams in the top 15, as far as world rankings go, that, that failed to make it out of the group stage. So which of those four is the most surprising that they didn't make it out? And which one is the least surprising? Mm. The most surprising for me would have to be Belgium because of the roster on paper they got. You got some great players on that squad. Now, Eden Hazard isn't the player he once was when he was at Chelsea. Lukaku's being hurt, right? But you had you were put in a group where it was it was very winnable. So that one shocked me. The one that did not shock me, as much as I rooted for them, Mexico. I didn't think Mexico was prepared for this World Cup. Yeah. And it was evident in the, it was evident in the loss in the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Their terrible display in the Nations League. Tata Martinez, I don't think, even had the locker room. Questionable, questionable choices on the roster. Hear me out for my argument here. And this one goes, I'm going to give credit to this one to uh, one of our listeners because we talked about it today in the hallway and mm-hmm. he made a really good point. Because I asked about this. I was like, why not bring, I, I understand they're in their, a little bit in their 30s, but why not bring Chicharito? And why not bring Carlos Vela? Now, I understand you're not going to get a full 90 minutes with those guys, right? They're able to do it in MLS, right? Different style, I suppose, maybe the way they're playing. But why not bring top goal scorers in to help you? You can put in her Chicharito Hernandez, and he'll give you a solid 30, 35 minutes. That's what he did at United. He was an amazing bench player. Obviously, he didn't want to be a bench player, and therefore he moved on. And became a starter elsewhere. He's a starter at LA Galaxy. Carlos Vela started at LAFC, won a title with him. But why not bring some of those good goal scorers? And you left your top goal scorer in the Europa League off the roster. Yeah, that that for me was a big surprise. That was that was insane. So as much as I rooted for Mexico, because I I I just I enjoy watching them play because they've had they have a good style of soccer, very feisty, very energetic, um, smash mouth in your face, you know, soccer. I love it. But I was like, and I, I was going to root for them, but I'm like, man, don't be shocked. That they're gone. Don't be shocked. They're not, they, they're not, they're not prepared for this. You know, I understand Memo Ochoa is up in there in age. And I thought, I mean, that was a smart move. I, I'd keep Ochoa. He's, mm-hmm. he's a great keeper. 
Unfortunately, this was his last one. He ain't, I don't think he's coming back. No. It's another four years. He'll be in his 40s. Unless he could pull a Gigi Buffon uh-huh. and a Buffon <laughs> and, and be, you know, level type seasons. Um, but that was mine. What about yours? What was your biggest surprise in your in your biggest, like, oh, psst, knew that was going to happen? I'm going to go with the other two, honestly. I think Denmark was my biggest surprise. Um, I don't, mm. the group that they were in, I don't think was that hard to get out of. Uh, you knew France was going to win that group, but they've had good results against France in the past. Um, and then you've got Tunisia and Australia, both teams that shouldn't have been a problem for you. And you've got Christian Eriksen coming back from the cardiac arrest that happened at the Euros. I mean, you can't talk about a better emotional lift than to see that man walk back on the field wearing Denmark colors. So the fact that they didn't make it out of the group to me is the most surprising. Uh, and the least surprising is Germany. I think Germany's Germany's headed on that same spiral that Italy's in right now. Um, they're hanging on too long to a group of players that are too old. They've got Germany's got so many good young players that should be getting more time other than uh, Musiala has been fantastic. He's been their best player, but mm-hmm. you're trying out mm-hmm. too many guys that are older that just aren't playing well. Um, can't figure out their system, not what their, what their goal is. Um, so Germany's the least surprising to me. I didn't, especially being in that group. Um, you knew Spain was going to be tough in that group. Japan's a good team. So Germany's my least surprising and Denmark is my most surprising group or um, team that didn't make it out of the group. Yeah, it's crazy. The Socceroos made yeah. it. That's crazy. Love it. Socceroos. All right. Well, I know we could sit here and chat for another half an hour about, about the World Cup, but we promise to keep this one short. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up today's show. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Spotify so you get alerts on our new episodes, and you can follow us on Twitter at Cleats Boots. I'm Ben, and this is Luis signing off for Cleats and Boots. <laughs>